Hello and welcome to the Plus One podcast, where we discuss diversity and inclusion in our workplaces at the University of Melbourne. I'm your host, Meadow Purnada, Senior Lecturer in Management and Marketing at the Faculty of Business and Economics, University of Melbourne. In this episode, we host KK Song, Associate Professor of Finance at Melbourne Business School. I talked to KK about diversity and inclusion in classroom and the role lecturers play in fostering an inclusive environment in the classroom. This episode was recorded on the land of the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello, Keke. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Meadow, for having me here. Yeah, of course. Um, how has your week been so far? Well, I just finished my two final exams in finance and mergers and acquisitions, and Ooh. I have some, you know, final exams to grade. Was it a hard final exam? Are the students going to pass? Well, yeah, it depends on how well they prepare for the finals as ever, right? Yeah, yeah, we all say that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it should be reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's that's cool. And uh, yeah, I noticed today is rainy and cold. It has been cold for how many days now? Ten days? Uh, more than that. Yeah. yeah. It has been cold the whole year. We didn't even have a really warm summer. Yeah. So yeah. actually, my hometown is really cold. So I don't mind the weather here. And I lived in Canada for you know, more than 10 years. So oh. I get used to cold weather. And your hometown is? Uh, it's in northeast of China. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so it's quite close to Mongolia and North Korea and Russia. Oh. So it's kind of the cold area of, of China. I could imagine, right? So you're quite used to it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I mean, living in Tehran, we had all the four seasons. And when I talk to people about it, sometimes... They're fascinated by it that we had literally snow in Tehran, right? We had How surprising s- is that? <laughs> right? Yeah. And we had snow, we had ski resorts, like really good ones as well. And yeah, and then we had proper spring and summer and so on and so forth. So, but yet the Melbourne weather with the wind, it just gets really, <laughs> really cold. But anyway, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm really excited to have you on board. By the way, before before we start our chat uh, about about your activities, um, there was on the news that we have we had Sam Altman uh, attending Melbourne Business School last week. Uh, sorry, what is that? Sam Altman, uh, the OpenAI CEO. Oh yes, yes, yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So you were there? No, oh, okay. I wasn't invited. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me know next time. Did you Did you attend? <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm quite sure I was uh, teaching at the moment. You oh. know, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, that was that was the exciting news yeah. last week. But uh, anyway, uh, let me know. Um, please let, let us know about your background, what you do, um, and specifically moving toward diversity and inclusion, your activities in that environment, and how you got interested into diversity and inclusion. As I mentioned before, I was born in China, and I moved to Canada when I was twenty-two. And I did my graduate study and PhD there in Canada. About six years ago, I moved to Melbourne because of my new job at Melbourne Business School. And my teaching and research are in the field of corporate finance, banking, and mergers and acquisitions. 
last year in 2022, I got the invitation to you know to join the DNI committee at Melbourne Business School. DNI is diversity inclusion. Yeah, yeah, DNI is diversity and inclusion, and I felt quite excited. You know, I think this is important is like you know actually. Um, fits the core value of the school of the university, so I joined there. And ever since I joined the diversity and uh, you know inclusion committee, so we had a couple of initiatives. Mm-hmm. And the very first one is about like creating a guideline for faculty members to foster inclusive classroom. And you know this is the very first initiative. And uh, we are also working on a couple of other things. For example, um, how to create uh, institutional pathways for our faculty members. Like you know, um, if we are dealing with some kind of complex DNI issues in the classroom, like you know, what's the right procedure to follow? And we are also gathering some resources and support for our faculty members to deal with. Um, some complex DNI issues in the classroom. For example, maybe it comes from a kind of heating, like heated conversation in class discussion. Okay, so this is what we have been working on, and you know, um, we still have a lot of things to do. That's fascinating. So, for example, what kind of heated discussion? If it's okay to, to yeah, ask, of course, of course. Like in my mind, let me just give you some example. Okay. Um, it can be a case when, like you know, for example, uh, if I invited uh, a guest speaker, and the guest speaker says something that could be potentially offensive to, like some students or some visitors from certain background, and in that case, like you know, because it comes from the, the mouth of the guest speaker is kind of like unexpected. And as the faculty member, as the instructor, how we can handle this kind of situation, and you know, this is uh, one of the initiative we are working on at the moment. Yeah, I mean, how do you handle it? I mean, is there a solution for it, or is there? First of all, I, I don't think this is a kind of like a, a scientific or mathematical problem. We have a procedure, like you know, a solution, correct solution, right? But. You know, we are thinking of you know several ways how we can help our faculty members to deal with such kind of situation. For example, um, like you know, if we can compile some case studies, like you know, of course we are going to hide the names. Um, you know, we can just compile some some stories or like you know our experience from from the past, and you know we can provide. To our faculty members, especially new faculty members, during orientation, and this can be helpful. We can have a group discussion, like you know, we can use our、uh, collective intelligence, and you know, to 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 provide solutions for such kind of situation. So this is one way. Okay, and another possible solution we are still you know、uh, working on it is try to look for some. Some you know、uh, the right people to talk with, okay. If I'm suppose I'm a junior faculty member, if I find a situation that is quite challenging for me to deal with, and who should I talk with? Like you know, maybe it's the program directors, or it can be my mentor. And we're trying to establish this kind of like procedure, 
and you know the faculty members can follow. Okay, so this is, you know, what in our mind at the moment we are still um, assessing these solutions and trying to come up with more solutions. And another important source, like resource for us, is like there are some useful books. And some useful articles, for example, the uh, something called the Faculty Lounge, we received from Harvard Business School Publishing, and they will share their you know in really uh, helpful and useful and interesting views when you know how they deal with such kind of situation, and you know we just collect uh, collect these articles and sh- we are going to probably we are going to share with our faculty members to give them support. Oh, that's fascinating. I mean, to better understand it, for example, if I have got a guest lecturer in my class, and it happens a lot in MBA classes, right? So because because of the col- close collaboration with industry and the dynamic of MBA classrooms, if I have a guest speaker who unintentionally just says something against a minority group, as a lecturer, I, I would think that probably they didn't mean it obviously it was unintentional it was just something that just was was said um but also i would personally as the lecturer would address it when they during the presence of the person i am not sure or after they leave that um that for example i have noticed that i would like to apologize if anyone was offended or it's it's a, it's one of those delicate situations right because you want to be genuine about it mm-hmm. you don't want to upset anyone neither the guest lecturer nor the students and it really needs to be handled with caution right exactly yeah and i think your input is is very well and i like i like it and to me the for these types of stuff as long as one is genuine yeah. about it yeah. like taking it seriously and being authentic about it exactly Because humans are humans yeah. from any group, minority group, any background, any ethnicity. We all have similar emotions. Our brains, more or less, our thought process, our decision-making process, our feelings, our emotions are the same. That's right. With like minor, minor um, differences. Yeah. So as long as we acknowledge that, no matter how the packaging looks like, or no matter what background, or no matter what religion... We're all the same, and that should be the basic for everything, every every human interaction. Um, I'm glad that we are moving toward that, and it will be fascinating to see such a document. Is it going to be only the document? Is it going to be only for Melbourne Business School, or? Well, um, so first of all, there are several parts, right? So the first part is about the guideline for our faculty members, like you know what to do. You know suggestions and recommendations on what to do, like you know when we are teaching and preparing for our course material, and you know um, how to create like uh, syndicate groups that is more inclusive. How to encourage more students to participate in discussion. You know, for this sort of guideline is for the MBS faculty members. And you know,、um, I don't see m- any reason like why this cannot be shared with my colleagues at FBE, for example. Okay, faculty of business. Our, yeah, faculty of business and economics. And this is just,、uh, you know, this is,、um, and w- 
we are very happy to share. You know these documents, okay? Yeah, I think it would be overall helpful、um, across both faculties, and I'm not sure if we have such a thing in the university to to raise awareness、yeah. about about、uh, diversity and inclusion issues、yeah. uh, in classroom that might arise. Yeah, it is interesting to me that how did this idea come about, and how did you? Come up with the idea that such a thing is needed. Was it based on your own personal experience in classroom, or part of it comes from my personal experience? I just you know this is my own experience. So what happened is when I was teaching some international finance course, and for example, like you know I find a YouTube video, okay, and to explain like very short to explain the drivers of the. Exchange rate between two currencies. Okay, this is you know well explained. But what happened is, like in the end of the video, there was a image that could be potentially offensive to my own ethnic group. But I didn't pay attention to that because when I select the video, I just you know I just, oh the first part is great. I just didn't watch the full part, and I incorporate this part of the video, like into my、uh, teaching. And then I realized there is a problem. Then I deleted, you know, I no longer use this video. And I just realized, you know, we faculty members we do need to be more careful. Like you know, some of the potential issues we can like prevent, and we can just create a more supportive and inclusive environment, you know, for our students to achieve more effective learning. And this is, you know, how. And I, I'm quite sure, like you know,、um, some other faculty members will probably have some similar experience. We will run into some issues, and we we, we want a solution. Like we want a way to、um, to to be more inclusive and to you know uh, foster uh, diversity. Okay, so this is you know the key motivation, and of course, this fits the value of the school and the, you know the university. Absolutely. In in MBA class discussions, for example, if there is a class that the discussions are about a mix of business and politics, or a mix of business and social constructs and social issues, I understand that、um, not only the lecturer but also the students usually participate in those types of discussions in such a such an interactive classroom. What if a a student or a group of students, for example, have got some idea? Some ideologies, or some、uh, some suggestions, or some、uh, comments that are not necessarily that that might be marginalizing some groups in those discussions. On one hand, I would think we need to have some sort of freedom of speech, right? Everyone should be free to express、mm-hmm. what they think about、um, and what they believe in. On the other hand, though, there might be a potential for a minority group to get harmed, offended, marginalized. If such a situation arises,、uh, how? And I think I understand it is also a debate in the wider society, right, about freedom of speech on social media.、Um, how do you think one can potentially? Um, as a lecturer, for example, in this context, can intervene in such situations. 
Yeah. Okay. So this is a challenging question. Okay. So first of all, this is still like the diversity and the inclusion committee is you know this is something we are working on. Okay. So as the part of the committee, I don't think we have a like you know clear solution for that yet. Um, in my personal opinion, so what we instructors can do is at the beginning of the class. If we can establish a norm or expectation for our students, you know, if we can um, use more empathy at the beginning, and you know, we encourage mutual respects, and you know, if we say something, we can feel like you know the audience feeling okay at the beginning. So this can be helpful. And you know, um, another important aspect, in my opinion, is um, we should stress that, like, we are all from, you know, this is a fact, okay? So, like, most students, like in Melbourne Business School, you know, if we look, look at their uh, demographic or functional background, you we are from like very different backgrounds, and it's it's quite possible we have different opinions, but we need to express it in. A ethical way, in a lawful way, and in a professional way, and this is the um, this is my like my you know two cents on this important issue. And I'm also curious, Meadow, like what's your opinion? Yeah, I believe in freedom of speech, so I think that people should be able to express their opinions.、Um, And by expressing the opinions and by respectfully debating those opinions is where one can amend those opinions if it is potentially harmful to groups of minorities. Having said that, it is not getting amended all the time, right? That's why we have these differences, and that's why we have extremist groups. By the end of the day. We cannot silence people. I do not believe that it is possible. I mean, I'm coming from a context. I'm coming from a country where the normal practice was to silence people. I don't think it is sustainable. I think everyone should be able to to express what they express.、Um, it has possible dangers as well. But if you, the more you try to suppress something, the more it might come out the other way. So, in a classroom context, if it happens to me, I mean, my MBA teaching days are way over. I, mean, I used to teach MBAs a few years ago, not not now. So, the dynamic of my classrooms are not very, very much interactive these days. It's very qual- quantitative kind of classroom. But if it happened. If I had an MBA classroom, and if it happened, I would let the people who are expressing their opinions express their opinions, but also I would have expressed my own opinion as well, because I think the collective society would then decide. In this context, a classroom can judge for themselves and can decide the right and wrong in what is being said. Um, I wouldn't ask the student to be quiet, so that is that is my two cents. Yeah, thank、on. you, Madal. This is very useful 
inputs for our you know initiatives on this. Thank you very much. No, of course. And then um, and these things are always sensitive, right? Yeah. So you can you can only um, you can only base it on your intuition and and r- rationale. It's it's good as you mentioned to look at the benchmarks, what other people, what other schools are doing, um, and what is what is the usual practice to, to get inspired. And, and we should also give the faculty members, the instructors, a lot of discretion on like what's the best solution. Because as you mentioned, you know, for example, in my subject is finance, is mostly quantitative. So um, we don't have much like sensitive, really sensitive topics, like in class discussion, we're talking about the capital market, we're talking about if, you know, uh, a, f- a financial solution is a good or bad, is uh, investment opportunity is good or bad. But in some other, you know, areas of business or economics or other subjects, you know, um, it's quite possible, like we could have some heated debates or over some sensitive topics. And the faculty members, the instructors should have a large degree of discretion on like how to handle this. So our uh, diversity and inclusion committee is trying to provide rather like recommendations and guidelines instead of like, uh, you know, um, this is what, what must have been done. Okay, so this is our purpose. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's a good approach. Great. And just moving back a bit um, in in your development as, as a, an academic, um, did have you had any experiences in the classroom or, um, or personally um, that you would have thought it would have been addressed better um, if there was more awareness, for example, in Canada or uh, while growing up, um, that also inspired this line of work that you're doing? Probably, yes. Like, you know, we all learn from our own mistakes. Like, you know, uh, making mistakes is part of learning. If I can do something like from the very beginning again, probably I will start to address some of the issues from the very beginning of class. For example, um, and this is part of, you know, our recommendation for the faculty members. So um, when we select some cases, for example, okay, it's a good idea to make sure like, you know, the, the, the names of the characters used in the cases are representative and inclusive enough, not just like, you know, male names, male CEOs, or fully, like, say, Anglo names. We, you know, this is something we can do, something small, but we can do from the very beginning. And when I create syndicate groups, for example, and I want to make sure... You know, I, I need to balance. I want to make sure, like, the syndicates are diverse, but I want to avoid tokenism. Okay, I, 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 you know, and this can be also very harmful. And, like, you know, these are just some small things. If I teach, like, some new courses again in the coming term, this is, you know, what I'm going to do. Okay, but probably, you know, in the past, I didn't pay too much attention to it. And, you know, um, yeah, we, we can always improve. Oh no, that's that's a great point, and um, it, which which got me thinking that for diversity and inclusion, to me, my understanding so far is that we have got some minority groups that 
have been that we have we are increasingly paying attention to them to for example lgbtqi plus um disability groups um neurodiverse groups um to some extent women in workplace but then again there are some groups that kind of are part of diversity and inclusion but are a bit still not included in the discussion or I haven't seen that much of it for example we had a guest uh, last in the last episode Susan professor Susan Ainsworth she was working on <clears throat> sorry I'm going <clears> to <throat> she was working on age groups senior people and their inclusion in the workplace and we know that we have got some unconscious biases sometimes for example gender biases is definitely there um but also we have got biases against different age groups right on one hand if you are a senior person you can be perceived as someone who has got experience and who has got insights but on the other hand you can be perceived as someone for example who is not very comfortable working with the new technology or who cannot keep up but these are all just preconceptions prejudgments they are not necessarily true and i think that still in our workplaces from experience or on the other hand um the chat that Susan and i had um last fortnight was about I personally have sometimes in the meetings have noticed because I am lo- I look younger my voice is not being heard so compared to my older male co- male colleagues specifically so I'm younger I'm a woman I'm from international background I've got colleagues rightfully so I mean they're more experienced right but they're male they are older than me and I have noticed that group dynamics sometimes where we sit around uh, in meetings their thoughts and comments are being taken more seriously than mine and i'm not saying other people do it intentionally i'm saying it is unconscious bias or even in an mba classroom for example if a younger female mba student expresses an opinion compared to an older person male or female that might be perceived or with a different status for example that older student might be a more senior person in industry but that doesn't necessarily mean that their comments and opinions are more valid than the other person but in reality would all the students and the lecturer how would we are we really going to perceive both comments from these both people equally well yeah madal thank you very much for raising that point um you know we we work in the academia okay so we are aware of this problem okay and actually i just want to give you an example like when i try to invest Uh, you know invite some guest speakers like into my classroom i look at the, the, the industry and the you know gender imbalance or the unconscious biases okay 
I think is even more severe. And sometimes I have to request. I really want a diversified group of guest speakers, even though maybe in the industry, in the finance industry, in the investment industry, like for example, some female, like you know,、uh, financial、uh, professionals, they do not move to a very senior level. But I still want them. I want like you know my students to hear the voice, especially.、Um, I want my like students. Regardless of their gender, they become interested in finance, in investment, and you know. And I'm happy you just、uh, speak it out. Is and another point I want to comment is, um, like you know, when we say diversity or inclusiveness, inclusion, so like it's really it's a multi-dimensional issue. Okay, it's just it's not just like male versus female. We have some other dimensions of inclusion issues, and you know,、uh, the more we realize the potential issues are, the greater the progress we're making. And I'm happy to see we're making progress in in this part. In males and females, whereas, what if what about other dif- other ethnicities, LGBTQI groups, decision makers, on boards or or. Um, in any specific context, in my in my research in supply chains, in supply chain operations management, we are just starting to、um, scratch that surface and then see what different what is the difference in decision making between different groups of of people, different groups of demographics,、um, ethnicities, and people who who we would call in a certain context a、uh, minority. Minority group.、Um, so, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, in my in my own research, I found that consistently, consistently,、um, which is interesting, that women are more sensitive to ethical issues compared to men. But also, a disclaimer is that there is also research out there that is inconclusive about about females and males. Um, reaction to ethics, and I, I think there are there are other variables involved, like power dynamics and how much money is involved and on the line, and what's the context of decision making, how much pressure internal external there is in decision making, and so on and so forth. I'm happy to hear that because you know this is our you know we researchers how we can contribute, we extend our knowledge on this, and this will. Help with the DNI diversity and inclusion issues, right? Absolutely, and、um, I just recently saw a paper in our field、um, in a really good journal about、um, the rainbow operations, as they call it, because my background is operations management and how the LGBTQI plus are actually involved in decision making, supply chain. Logistics and operations, which was. Which I'm was curious.、Uh, what's the finding? If you don't mind. I didn't read it. <laughs> okay, okay. Never mind. Hopefully, they make it more fun. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm hoping, but、uh, no, I haven't read it yet. But、um, I think the discourse is slowly starting.、Um, yet to be seen, what's going to happen. Great.、Um, any other activities that you'd like to share with us? Any other projects?、Um, Related to DNI or overall, and considering the current work that you're doing, if、um, if the broader community in the university can be involved, or 
if anyone outside there who is listening to this podcast and who is involved can be who is who is interested can be involved Melbourne Business School and Faculty of Business and Economics we have like a very good collaboration on the diversity and the inclusion like you know issues for example uh, Flora Kwong Professor Flora Kwong has been one of like the members like not the um, like you know um, like all-time member okay but she has been sitting on most of our meetings and she shared a lot of efforts like you know the web pages the wonderful work done by the faculty and you, you know um, if we Melbourne Business School the committee we made any progress and we are happy to share it with the faculty and um, like by the name of inclusion so like we collaborate on these issues this is like you know it def- you know th- this is part of the definition of inclusion no absolutely and um, I hope I hope the work that you're doing would also be shared with um, the diversity inclusion committee of the university just in case as a suggestion because um, I was looking at the um, the diversity inclusion initiative of the university there were so many good action items on it I'm not sure whether there was something on it about the classrooms the actual classrooms and diversity inclusion considerations in a classroom so it would be really interesting initiative um for the whole university and hopefully beyond that i mean within within the workplace and work dynamics what are what are the implications for that any final remarks or anything that you would like to share of course just uh, we still have a lot of things to work on like you know um we are trying our very best to improve to create a supportive and inclusive environment for all the faculty members, staff, visitors, contractors, students, of course. Yeah, let's continue our effort. Great. And good luck with that. And thank you for the great job, KK. Thank you, Maido. Cheers. Take care. Thank you for listening. And please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast series. Please also reach out, let us know what you think and whether you'd like to contribute to Plus One podcast series.